This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 4060 for Friday, the 23rd of February, 2024. Today's show is entitled, Florida to Georgia. It is part of the series Travel. It is hosted by Avukad and is about 12 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is, we wrap up our Florida adventure and move up to Georgia. Hello, this is Ahuka, welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio and another exciting episode in our ongoing series about our RV travels. And we're going to pick up with um, having finished our, um, we, we get to finish our Kennedy stay and start moving north in this trip. So on January 26th, um, we got up at 4.15 a.m. hoping to see a launch of a SpaceX rocket, but we couldn't see it from where we were. We were just a little too far away. Uh, we did watch it on the SpaceX website, but, you know, you can do that anywhere. After that, we went back to bed, and I decided I needed a rest day after being busy for many days in a row, so I slept in a little, had a leisurely breakfast, just kind of hung out all day. On the 27th, our last full day here, we went back to the Kennedy Space Center. Now, we had a couple of errands to do on the way, like filling up on diesel fuel, so we were a little late getting there, or at least later than originally planned. But we got to the Universe Theater for a presentation by a NASA astronaut. They do that every day there. And this time it was Barbara Morgan from STS-118. She went through the entire mission and described in detail what she and her crewmates did. Now, if you're not familiar with NASA nomenclature, STS means the shuttle. Um, so it was the 118th shuttle mission. Um, so it's interesting to see what, what they were doing on that. It was an outstanding presentation. Uh, we then checked out the Journey to Mars exhibits. Uh, we had seen the presentation there a few days ago, but now we went back to look at the rest of the building. Then we checked out a concept vehicle for a Mars rover when there is a manned mission there. From there, we poked our heads into Planet Play just to see what it was, and it was a play area for kids. Finally, we went to the Heroes and Legends building. It had a couple of filmed presentations to start, then exhibits relating to the astronauts with many videos, a mock-up of the Mercury control room, and the Astronaut Hall of Fame. We left feeling like we had seen just about everything we could see of any great significance at Kennedy, and it was a great experience for a space nerd. Um, recommended highly. Next day, the 28th, travel day, so we refilled our empty propane bottle and got a good start. It was a short trip straight up, straight up um, I-95 to the Four Lakes RV Park outside of St. Augustine, where we had a four-night stay booked. The trip was pretty straightforward, but when we arrived, we found that the people on duty here were from our part of Michigan. I just, I, I really couldn't believe all of that. That's been happening to us so much park is very nice. After setting up, we went out for a walk to stretch the legs a little. 
Um, okay, next day, January 29th. Cheryl didn't sleep well, so we took today as a rest day. I spent most of it reading a book. You need periodic rest days on these trips. A months-long RV trip is not like a week-long vacation. You have those days that are like a vacation, but you also have to buy groceries, make dinner, do the laundry, and so on. It's more of a mobile lifestyle. Now, next day, the 30th, January 30th, we went into St. Augustine and boarded the tram. It is a hop-on, hop-off way to get around the town and see all of the attractions. We hopped off when we got to Castillo San Marcos, which is a national monument, so I got another stamp in my National Park's passport. St. Augustine is the oldest European settlement in America, predating both Jamestown and Plymouth. It was established in 1565, though explorers had visited the area previously. They called it Florida because of all the flowers they saw. The Spanish discovered the Gulf Stream, which runs right up the coast of Florida, and it made for more rapid transit from the New World back to Spain for the many treasure fleets that they had. And to protect those fleets from pirates and from other European powers, not a whole lot of difference between the two, really, they needed fortified outposts, which is why St. Augustine was settled. The Castillo San Marcos took a few decades to build, but once completed, it proved to be impregnable. We listened to a couple of historical presentations from a docent there about the fort. Um, The first was about the Spanish monarchy and the Spain colonization of the Americas. The second was about the use of the fort later on as an American um, institution. Now, this area did change hands several times. The British got it in the Seven Years' War, then lost it in the American Revolution um, when it went back to Spain, an ally of America. So the Seven Years' War was 1763, um, Treaty of Paris 1783 that ended the American Revolution, Then America decided it wanted Florida and purchased it from Spain in 1819. Florida became a state in 1845. Now, the Castillo San Marcos became Fort Marion, named after Francis Marion, the swamp fox. Um, And they purchased, uh, no, and during the Civil War, it was occupied by both Union and Confederate forces at different times. Now, after the Civil War, it was used to imprison Native American leaders who surrendered at the end of the Red River War. Now, the commander of the fort, Captain Pratt, decided he didn't want to just watch them die. So he embarked on a program of education, but it was also about stamping out their culture. Um, You know, they had a, a saying then, you know, kill the Indian, save the man. Um... So that's kind of what they were about doing there. Um, Well, the commander of the fort then, uh, that was Captain Pratt, um, he went on to found the Carlisle Indian School in Pennsylvania after leaving the fort. And Carlisle Indian School is famous as the place where Jim Thorpe went to school. 
Um, and he recently was restored his uh, Olympic medals. So we, we spent a few hours at the Castillo, then hopped back on the tram. Now, many of the attractions were just tourist traps that we had no interest in, but the Fountain of Youth looked promising. We finished the tour, did some shopping, and then headed back to the RV. Now, on January 31st, our, our last full day here, we headed back to St. Augustine to visit the Fountain of Youth site. Now, Ponce de Leon did visit this area, and there is a spring. I took a drink, but I can't say that I feel any younger yet. But the site was worth the visit for other things. It is an active archaeological site, exploring the first European settlement in what is now the U.S., as well as the native inhabitants. They had demonstrations of period weapons, blacksmithing, a planetarium presentation on the celestial navigation practiced by Spanish mariners, the original mission church, native houses, and so on. We thought it was well worth the three hours we spent there. Now, after leaving, we filled the truck with diesel fuel and went back to the RV. The next day, February 1st, another travel day. It was about a three-hour trip from the St. Augustine area up to Savannah, Georgia, and that wasn't too bad. I think we really did a better job this trip of keeping our driving down to a more manageable level. Uh, we were in the Savannah Oaks campground, which is nice, has lots of shade, and uh, we relaxed after getting the RV set up. Next day, February 2nd. After breakfast, we headed into Savannah to take a look around. We went to the visitor center first to get a map and some information. There seemed to be several hop-on, hop-off tours available, one of which appeared to be the same company as the one in St. Augustine. And since we were not entirely satisfied with that one and the other company was local, we went with the local company. And we really lucked out with a very knowledgeable guide. We did a complete tour that took about 90 minutes, then got on another one and hopped off at Forsyth Park. From there, we walked through some of the neighborhoods on our way back to the visitor center where we were parked. Now, Savannah was the first planned city in the U.S., and the streets are laid out in a rectangular grid, so there are no diagonals here. There's a lot of history here from the conflict with Spain, to the American Revolution, and of course the Civil War. More recently, a lot of movies were shot here, such as Forrest Gump. Now, when we were at the Castillo San Marcos in St. Augustine, they told us with some pride how General Oglethorpe brought an army into Florida to try and take the fort and was defeated and sent back in failure. In Savannah, the story is about how he was on guard to protect the colony from the Spanish. Well, every situation has two sides. In the American Revolution, Casimir Pulaski from Poland came here to create a cavalry for Washington's army, and he ended up dying in Savannah and is buried here. And of course, General William Tecumseh Sherman ended his famous march to the sea here and prevented Savannah to President Lincoln as a Christmas present. Now, Savannah's a beautiful city. In the grid are park squares every couple of blocks, with lovely trees and Spanish moss everywhere. And the architecture is lovely. 
The old houses all have a flight of stairs outside that lead to the entrance. That's because the kitchens were all placed at ground level and were operated by enslaved people, so the actual family living began one flight up. There's a lot of very nice decorative ironwork, and the works that created the ironwork also supplied a lot to New Orleans, so they look similar to what we saw in the French Quarter. Now, the next day, February 3rd, it was rainy, so we stayed in. We did a few chores and then went out to dinner at Ruby Tuesdays, but mostly a day of rest. We've been on the road for most of two months now, and a bit of tiredness is creeping in. So, this is Ahuka for Hacker Public Radio, signing off and inviting you, as always, to support free software. Bye-bye. have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, you click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.